Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 252, Hormone Updates from Fertility to Breezing Through Menopause and Beyond with guest Dr. Anna Kabeca. Yes, I am super excited to have Dr. Kabeca back on the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Our first episode with her was two years plus ago. Can you believe that, Becky? No. On episode <laughs> 123, Getting Your Sexy Back, where we talked about the libido stress connection. And in today's episode, we're definitely going to hone in on that some more and talk a lot about oxytocin, which is one of my favorite bliss hormone receptors and anxiolytic or anxiety reducers that offsets fear and anger and all the low vibration gunk. Uh, So we're going to nerd out from fertility all the way through menopause, like Becky said. And I met Dr. Kabeca back at Paleo FX, or maybe it was KetoCon back in 2017. And um, we ran into each other for the following years at events. If we were speaking, we've shared some stages together and I've always respected her approach to hormone management and whole body health. She takes, like us, a functional approach and is very proactive in incorporating abundance and food as medicine protocols beyond just a low-carb keto approach. It's not just what you aren't eating with reducing your carbs. It has to do with what you are eating, too. So, um, so much fun and synergy with Dr. Kabeca. And as I mentioned at the end of the episode, I'm going to work my butt off to try to put together um, a conference or like a mini one-day wellness thing with Anna and maybe my friend Sean Wells. So stay tuned for that. Um, th- thinking maybe the Dallas area. And then maybe uh, I still think, Becky, we need to do that retreat coming up in the spring. And I'd love to have Dr. Quebec on board. So y'all stay tuned if you like her. Give us that feedback so we can make sure we keep her in the loop. Yeah, we'll make it happen for sure. Um, before we dive into today's episode, wanted to update you guys that you can now officially purchase our 12-week food as medicine ketosis program as an archive. And as we talk through today's episode about Dr. Quebec's Keto Greenway, um, there's a lot of overlap between that and our program for sure in terms of the incorporation of food as medicine, micronutrient density, and getting your antioxidants and vegetables in your keto. Yes. So this program is at a fantastic price point. We are offering it at $99 instead of $300, which is the live program. And so for just $99, you will have access to six functional medicine focused keto classes. And so we go through topics like leaky gut, dysbiosis. Uh, We talk about hormone balance and we talk about the HPA axis or that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal fight or fight stress access. We talk about detoxification. We talk about genetic polymorphisms, even like SNPs and methylation factors. So from wherever you're starting, whether you are keto curious or 
or you are fat adapted and loving the lifestyle but wanting to learn more about functional medicine, or you're not even sure if keto is right for you, our focus of this 12-week food is medicine ketosis class is to get you fat adapted so you can learn to function as a hybrid using both fat as fuel and glucose as fuel, but regulating your glucose levels to be sustained and not be on that mountain valley kind of cat and mouse game of blood sugar spikes and crashes. And for some individuals within our program, we will provide you various protocols, uh, which will give you the rate of basically how aggressive you wanna be if you're looking for weight loss, more of a sustained slow weight loss, or more of an aggressive, a fast track, or a steady sustained, and even a heal, maintain, and gain for maybe some of you who are, who are dealing with neurological conditions or as a complementary support with cancer care, or maybe you had an autoimmune flare of uh, inflammatory bowel and you're looking to regain strength we have a protocol for you and then we have phases that are varied based on your level of carbohydrate constriction or restriction excuse me and this is going to be from a classic or a tighter carb restriction in keto nothing's classic keto because we always have food as medicine abundance but a tighter carb restriction all the way up to more of a standard low glycemic approach and some of you may explore and determine that carb cycling feels really good and that you do better on a low glycemic diet and that's all the purpose of this program is to empower you with food as medicine to learn about the power of nutritional ketosis and what amount of carbohydrate threshold works best for your body while identifying what are those achilles heels within your body those weak points that you need to lift up some rocks and do a little deeper dives you'll learn about functional lab assessments you'll learn about nutritional supplementation and advanced strategies as well as the foundational assessments that you could really support your whole household with. Yes, and this is an amazing value at that $99. We've had the feedback ongoing for a couple of years now like, hey, I can never do the live program. Can't you just sell the archive? And we've never done this before. Um, so you'll actually have lifetime access, at least for the lifetime of our website, which we plan to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, so you'll be able to go back and watch and rewatch over and over. You'll have lifetime access to those handouts as well. Yes, so for $99, go on over to AllieMillerRD.com and check out the Food as Medicine 12-Week Keto program in the archive form. And for those of you that are wondering, we do still plan to offer it live, but probably only once or twice a year versus quarterly. And the next one will not be until January of 2022. So don't wait, get started now and feel fabulous through the holidays. Yes. All right. Before we dive in and welcome Dr. Quebec on, let's just have a quick word from our sponsor for this episode, Fond Bone Broth. Yes, so Fond Bone Broth is truly wellness well-made and can serve as like your sous chef in a jar. We love the synergistic flavor profiles that provide true food as medicine with Fond Bone Broth. And they really take an artisanal approach to the next level from using actual well water that has natural minerals and they test it daily for excellence to simmering their broth in stainless steel vats instead of worrying about leaching from plastics and other toxic cooking materials. And then they are going to be bottling in these beautiful glass jars 
jars that my entire pantry is basically filled up oh, with. Oh, yeah. But you can reuse them for uh, salad dressings yes, like we do. Yes, eventually I yeah. recycle them because there's only so much room. But yes, salad dressings, half of that can of coconut milk yep. that I've opened, yep. all of the things. Uh, and they are really beautiful label art in these pretty ball jars. Uh, but Fond also pairs to ensure that the ingredients they use are top-notch. So they pair with organic farmers. Uh, they use free-range chicken. And very soon, I know I've been teasing this forever, but I just got another update that they're hoping by the end of July or mid-August to be launching their grass-fed beef Ooh, bone broth line. All right. Yes, which I'm really intrigued by because the shelf-stable beef thing, I'm like, is it going to be thicker? Is it going to... Right. I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out. But I do know that the bone broth that they have available now, which is all chicken is still very therapeutic it's gelatinous it provides that nice collagen gelatin and glycine so we're getting therapeutic amino acids we know glycine can actually drive GABA which can aid in relaxation a great thing to sip on in the evening and glycine also can support body fat burn so great support for ketogenic approach and maybe could be used as we've discussed on our YouTube channel in a three-day bone broth fast um, so we'll also include that because we talked about the importance of fasting especially in the perimenopause and menopausal world if you haven't watched that video make sure you check it out and you if you have not shopped fond bone broth go on over to fondbonebroth.com use the code Allie Miller RD at checkout and I have been really obsessed recently with their turmeric cracked black pepper as well as their beets and serrano their spicy pepper beet blend it's a beautiful red hue um, I think that it is the most enjoyable sipping broth on the market and I even compare that to my homemade which is delicious um, but just not as bright right you know, not mine's bright and this is so convenient too yes. you just open one jar versus thawing like the whole mine's frozen big yeah yeah yeah. I try to do the ice cube trick, but I can't stay ahead of my demand in turn. <laughs> so go on over to fondbonebroth.com and use the code AllieMillerRD at checkout. All right. I'm going to read Anna's bio and then we will bring her on the podcast. Best-selling author Anna Kabeca, D-O-O-B-G-Y-N-F-A-C-O-G, is nationally known as the Girlfriend Doctor and is the host of the Girlfriend Doctor show where she welcomes experts and guests to the show to share their insights on how women can truly thrive in their body, mind, and spirit. Dr. Anna is triple board certified and a fellow of gynecology and obstetrics, integrative medicine and anti-aging and regenerative medicine. She holds special certifications in functional medicine, sexual health, and bioidentical hormone therapy. Her first two highly acclaimed books, The Hormone Fix and Keto Green 16, are bestsellers. In addition, Dr. Anna is the creator of several popular virtual transformation programs, The Keto Green Way to Breeze Through Menopause, Sexual CPR, and Magic Menopause. She offers Keto Green Nutrition Plans to online subscribers, is the founder of her girlfriend, Dr. Club, and the host of the vast Keto Green community on Facebook. Forbes Magazine reported on her success in creating and building a successful business around her flagship product, which we'll talk about today, Jolva, an all-natural over-the-counter cream that she developed to treat vaginal dryness and discomfort. Dr. Anna, Dr. Anna is also the creator of other top-selling health products such as Mighty Maca Plus. She now lives in Dallas, Texas with her daughters, horses, and dogs. So hey, Dr. Quebeca, welcome to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Oh, it's great to be here with you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so awesome to connect with you again. I think it was 
last year that you and I connected on your podcast and I was sharing functional approaches with immune health and navigating the pandemic. And at that time you were considering moving to Texas and you bit the bullet. Welcome to Texas. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. I love it here. You know, my daughter's big in the rodeo, my youngest daughter. So she's 13 now and in eighth grade and she is big into horses. So we've got three horses, a horse trailer. I'm driving a dually truck to haul oh these horses. Gosh. Oh yeah. It's real. <laughs> it's real, Allie. It's real. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, what were the big drivers? Was that kind of what got you here was, was the horse life or, um, what were, what were the big things that got you to Texas and maybe tell us some of the big surprises or things you didn't know you'd love about it? Yeah. Well, you know, I lived on a small Island for 21 years and, um, I actually ended up in St. Simon's Island, Georgia, um, because of a national health service course scholarship. So I never really intended to stay there past my dues, essentially three years of payback. And, you know, I, I lived there for 21 years and I love it. I mean, I still have my home there, but we came to East Texas and we come every year for the last few years to Martha Josie's barrel racing clinics. And my daughter does the, the barrel racing. It's like legit and cowgirl stuff. Yeah. It's legit cowgirl stuff. These girls are, these girls are, are amazing. These they're fearless. They're healthy. They're just you know, stunning in so many ways, courageous. And so this year we met a pro rodeo trainer who lived outside, has a ranch outside of Dallas. And, and she's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'd love to train your daughter. She's so gifted. And, and Ava came to me, my daughter, you know how this is because of mom, uh -huh. she came to me, she goes, mom, Miss Cindy is just so positive and so encouraging. My old trainer was always looking at what I was doing wrong. And I just like, and she goes, I just feel better with her. And so I said, well, we'll come out for, you know, let me look at her ranch and come out for a couple months, a couple months. That was my intention. <laughs> and seriously, it's right outside of Dallas, 20 minutes south of the city. And I'm driving through the city, July, 2020, right? July, 2020. And I'm like, oh my God, a big city, no traffic, sign me up. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's changed now. Now yeah. it takes 45 minutes to get to the ranch sure. instead of 25, but it is, you know, I just love it. I love how awesome the people are, how open it's been all through, you know, especially in the rodeo community, it's been, yeah. you know, you're, you're on horseback, you're outside, you're in nature, you're camping, you're yeah. So it's been very, very healthy place to be. And as you know, like I can work from anywhere. So I'm really blessed. And my team in Georgia is holding down the, the offices there and the fort, so to speak. So it's been going great. Love it. Love it. And I think my biggest win with the move to Texas was how affordable grass-fed beef was, especially coming from <laughs> Seattle. I was like, what? And we were on such a budget. I was doing my medical rotations in the Texas medical center and I looked at my husband and I said, we can split an appetizer and have a grass fed burger. <laughs> it's like life changing. I know, <laughs> I know. $27 like they were in Seattle. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, and cost seriously cost of living here considering too, like, you know, you're in Austin, I'm in Dallas, but big city. It's really, it's been great. Awesome. It's been really awesome. great. Yeah. For, uh, you know, fresh foods, fresh markets and, um, yeah. Good people. Really good, solid people. I, I love it. I love it. 
Great. Well, welcome. We're happy, happy to have you as a fellow transplant and uh, thank you. we'll, we'll all thank root you. together. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on getting my Texas medical license to do some, you know, academia or clinical teaching cool. at the medical centers. Cause we need to bring in more functional medicine, certainly emphasis on hormones and menopause into our medical education system. So um, that's, that's next, next on my list. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Well, after we the next book comes out. <laughs> yes. Yes. And we'll talk about that too. We have so much to cover today. I know it's going to be an amazing conversation. We're going to be covering ground from fertility through gentle aging and menopause and beyond, but I want to just open up with benefits of sex. Uh, sure. I, I, I want to get a little spicy to kick things off. And, you know, so throughout all ages, uh, let's just cover the physiological and maybe some of the highlights on neurotransmitter or hormones of what happens when you have sex. Why, why should we be having more sex? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this is, this is so critically important. I mean, like one of the, the, the most important hormone in our body, also the most alkalinizing hormone in our body, the most anti-aging hormone in our body is secreted in abundance when we have orgasm, when we have pleasure, when we have intimacy and connection, and that's the hormone oxytocin. So that is like the game-changing hormone. It's also the hormone of bonding and connection. I mean, it keeps people, keeps couples together, right? Yeah. It can settle arguments, right? It can reconnect, especially when you're so disconnected because of, you know, stress, stress mm -hmm. creates that core. And we talked about this in our last episode, you and I did together on your podcast, the stress cortisol, oxytocin, connection, disconnection. And so this oxytocin hormone with all its life-giving benefits from, you know, like it, it, certainly the anti-aging benefits, the neurologic benefits, um, the uh, physiologic benefits that we see with muscle regeneration, we see with um, pain management, certainly it's an analgesic hormone. Otherwise, you know, we probably wouldn't have a second child ever it's <laughs> secreted in abundance in, in, in childbirth, oxytocin, and it's somewhat amnestic, right? It, it um, makes you forget that pain that you had. And it also contributes to that feeling when you hold this child that you've just gone through maybe hours of, of hard labor with, and you're like, oh my God, this is the most beautiful, amazing you know, think in the world, right? In this, that attachment, that attachment hormone. And, you know, again, it's what keeps couples together. It's also a nice appetite suppressant hormone too. So, you know, help us do that intermittent fasting even longer when we have sex. So, so that is, um, those are some of the really key benefits to having a healthy intimacy and sexual relationship. And there's no age limit on that. And it's really important for couples to understand this, that, you know, part of a healthy, you know, healthy marriage, healthy life together is sexual intimacy. And as we get older, things can start to get uncomfortable. And we have, you know, again, in our doctor's bags, we have things we can do to help with that. Because when we start to disconnect from the in the bedroom, we're disconnecting in other areas of our lives. So yeah. it really is the connection hormone. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, happily married couples live longer. One of the reason why the blue zones have a high amount of, of community and laughter and, you know, oxytocin act, you know, seeking behaviors in their, in their lives. That's a huge longevity hormone. Yes. And I think it's so interesting because we've been talking over these last 16 months with fear and amygdala lizard brain. And, and yes, that cortisol seal on the influence of sex hormone expression and 
and really kind of continuing to hone back to as an individual at this time and place, what can you do to empower yourself, right? So what can you do to enhance your microbiome or what can you do to release the fear and the anxiety? And I think that that's a prescriptive element that is a really important piece. And, you know, we've talked about how you can get oxytocin even from household pets and touch and connection mm-hmm. and this ability to connect deeper, root deeper. But I think for those that have relationships actually like prescriptive having sex could be a good thing to employ if they've fallen off where it's an infrequent activity, you know, to really allow that, that physiological release. And also that deep connection, that anxiolytic offset to this constant fear mongering. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And that is the antidote, right? The antidote to constant chronic stress, chronic cortisol is oxytocin. So everything we can do, and you talked about other ways, also massage, facial, head rub, like playing on a playground, watching funny movies. Like, you know, the the movie I prescribe the most is my big fat Greek wedding. I mean, seriously, I'm a first generation American, so I get it. It is hysterical, but things that make you laugh, right? And, you know, singing and, you know, singing in the shower, I mean, enjoying yourself, going out with friends and family all of those things increase your oxytocin. So when, I mean, again, just when you're having fun, that whole thing right now, I think for our listeners to really focus on is what, what brings you pleasure, mm-hmm. what brings you pleasure. And then that key aspect of maintaining a healthy family life, healthy relationship is bringing the fun back in the fun and intimacy into, into your life. And especially in the most important relationship in your life, which is in your marriage. Amazing. And I, think you just hit on our next question, which was about kind of offsetting that cortisol, um, level. So the question is, um, how to manage chronically high stress to support fertility or cycle regulation cortisol levels are high normal. And this is the best that this person can get them taking all the things, um, doing yoga twice a week. What else? You know, this is a really important area. I write about this in the hormone fix in my stress chapter, because it's what I lived through, you know, chronic everyday stress or post-traumatic stress. And for me, it was post-traumatic stress and, um, and that chronic high cortisol, I mean, that, that creates this cortisol goes up, oxytocin goes down and cortisol's up for a long time. The paraventricular nucleus in the brain will suppress cortisol. Now you're at this dangerous place where cortisol is low and oxytocin slow. So there's a few things that I like to do in clients like this, whether they're on overdriving cortisol or they're, you know, like burnout, right? Completely burnout, disconnected. You know, I call that also the physiology of divorce. You know, we don't want that. So, um, So it's, it's to reset the circadian cycle and a few things to do to reset like a quick hack on resetting the circadian cycle is a good old fashioned camping trip. I'm serious, you guys, but you know, wake up with the sunrise, be out in nature, be, you know, go to sleep with, you know, after sunset, sit at a fire. I mean, it's completely igniting our primitive instincts and helping us reset our circadian rhythm. That's really quick. Okay. So maybe not everyone listening can go do at least a 72 hour camping trip in the middle of nature. But if you do in East Texas and we're there with a rodeo, come watch us ride. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, um, but you know, if you know, so it's really other things that you need to do. It, it is that focusing on resetting your circadian rhythm. So your morning ritual and your nighttime ritual, what we do in the morning sets up our physiology for our entire day. So, and, and this is something I found out in my own, my own discovery at that time, several years ago, where I was entering um, an early menopause and I was just completely out of whack, you know, brain fog, mood swings, burnout, high stress, you know, three hours of sleep a night, you know, flashbacks from PTSD, all of that was happening with, uh, you know, that weight gain without doing anything different, which is just, just terrible and, and moodiness, right? So all I was experiencing the worst of the worst perimenopausal symptoms. And so that took me into what I discovered was the, the keto, I call it the keto green or keto alkaline way, my keto green way, that that green part is really important. That's our cortisol. That's our cortisol management, certainly the microgreens to support the microbiome, which is really critical when people who are stressed, because we know stress over time is going to decrease the diversity of your microbiome and increase, you know, pathogenic bacteria and yeast that can, cause a tremendous amount of havoc in our body. So, so the, the greens part, the microgreens, the herbs, the alkalinizing herbs and spices are really key. And so I started doing what I tell all my clients to do is check urine pH. And so even though it was like eating this very healthy-ish way, I was, my urine pH was still very acidic. So I needed add, to add on more of the microgreens and beet greens and kale and Swiss chard and things like that tripled up my Mighty Maca Plus superfood combination to add more of those alkalinizing superfoods and adaptogens. But what I note, and I got more alkaline, but what I noticed those mornings that I started today, the day with gratitude journaling and a walk and or a walk on the beach or getting outside for a hike, those days I was more alkaline all day all day. So that is why it is so prescriptive to start your morning off with positive mindset, you know, thinking, you know, thoughts that are loving, fun, bringing humor into your life, doing gratitude journaling, looking at the things that we are so positive gratitude, and, and doing activities that will help, you know, shift your physiology. And I think that's a really important way to set up your physiology for the day, not get up, feet hit the floor, cup of coffee. I mean, I'm OBGYN. I mean, I lived that way for decades. That's, that is a sure way to create illness. So the complete opposite, and it doesn't take long, like five, 10 minutes, that's it. And you can really shift your physiology for the day and, and then go about your day. And so for this woman who's doing yoga two times a week, but maybe there's something in the morning that she can do as part of her gratitude practice. And maybe it's, you know, it is with her morning stretching that she does in the morning that she's really focusing during that time on how good her body is to her and the things that, you know, the things she's grateful on have a cup of, you know, like a, a cup of, um, of tea, like don't grab the acidifying foods, right. like first thing in the morning, you know, yeah, leave so, that. so interesting to bring up the emotions and thinking of them wearing or influencing the pH of the body, because it is, you know, well, you, at least you think of the color spectrum of like blues and green and alkalinity being 
like meditative and peace and Mm -hmm. gratitude and calm. Right. And then you think of anger and fear being very acidic, um, red and orange. Yeah. Right. Right. So it's, it's interesting to consider that. And we'll definitely link your pH strips in our show notes, which are fun because they do look at the combination of both ketone production and alkalinity, which is a nice way to really level up your metabolic approach, but we've seen that also, I would say Anna on, um, CGMs, which is kind of cool. You know, people that are wearing CGMs, we will see a heavy influence of whether they incorporate prayer, gratitude, meditation in their day or not that impact of that epinephrine cortisol on 10 to 15 point variability, you know? And so when they're harnessing their emotions, there is absolutely a physiological influence, I think in many perspectives of the body, which is important for listeners to really understand and hone in on. It, that is so true. And it's what I discovered in my own, in my own work, in my own biohacking, right? Wearing continuous glucose monitor and, and discovering these things that like in the morning coffee would increase my blood sugar, black coffee, my espresso, you know, I've, I've loved coffee since I was a small, a young child, really. So that this coffee was increasing my blood sugar 15 to 20 points in the morning, just black coffee. Yeah, we've And seen so, yep. mm-hmm. so frustrating, right? Cause that's technically then breaking your fast, right? And, right. and, and the stress and, you know, so we know caffeine can do that, but also just the stressful thoughts. And I was wondering, okay, so how was this affecting my urine pH? Now I would go for a walk, you know, eating the same stuff. I'm doing my gratitude journaling, but my urine pH was more alkaline. And it's because cortisol increases hydrogen ion secretion across the renal tubules. So you see the, it acidifies the urinary pH. So cortisol being the most acidifying hormone in our body, oxytocin is counter to that, the most alkalinizing hormone in our body. So the activities that we can do to increase oxytocin is going to shift our physiology. And I think, Ali, this is, and Becky, this is where we see so often that we have these really healthy people They're, you know, maybe they've been, okay, so they, you know, uh, vegetarians are really healthy, but they're they're getting enough protein, you know, they're eating all these greens or whatever. And, and yet they, they come up with a inflammatory disease like cancer. And you think, well, how could that happen? She's been so healthy. Seriously, cortisol, chronic stress perceived or real post-traumatic. If we don't address those traumas in our life and heal from that convert post-traumatic stress to post-traumatic growth, then we won't shift our physiology. We have to shift to a post-traumatic growth state. And, and that is seriously by empowering by empowering oxytocin and checking your pH to just show not just about what you're eating, but also like how your thoughts and your interactions with other people yeah, <laughs> can totally. be affecting your life totally. is it's game changing. And I agree. I think that is a, that is a vital sign checking your pH and ketones, especially if we're doing keto, like so many people do keto and don't even test. So you're not doing keto in my opinion. Sure. So sure. check your pH, check ketones. And that's a, that's a vital sign. Mm-hmm. Let's talk real quick on the topic of fertility. Cause there were a bunch of listener questions, uh, maybe three lab assessments when we're talking vital signs. So beyond looking at cortisol, maybe, um, prolactin is a big one that I often hit on, but, but you name three that you think are important to look at a little bit deeper that could be off or imbalanced beyond the maybe commonplace markers of infertility. And then your top three, go to powerhouse supplements or like game change impacts. 
Yeah. Like, so, so this is, you know, I love, I love like, their core, their core, I'm going to give you a few more lab tests. Anyway. <laughs> you can so, I can't do it. I can't do three, but you know, like in general, what, you know, as an obstetrician, when we have a patient, we're assessing for fertility, number one, semen, right? Check the male factor. 40% of infertility is male factor. I can't tell you how many patients came to me after being worked up, having scopes, different stuff. And they never looked at semen, you never looked at the male factor. So looking at male factor issues is really critical. Good sperm, you know, semen analysis is critical and, and, um, and, and important when you're going down this journey. And then, so for, for her, I look at, um, you know, I, I also look at the cycle day to somewhere between cycle day two to four. So looking at our menstrual cycle, it's really important to understand your menstrual cycle and when you're ovulating. So we've got so many beautiful apps where you can have your period tracker, but on cycle day two to four, that's when we want to look at, you know, uh, LH, FSH and estradiol. So those key three hormone hormones. So we can see, okay, how hard you know, do we have to, how much do we have to stimulate the ovaries to get the response that we need, right? So what's happening? And oftentimes, like early on, borderline LH and FSH is a big red flag. Now that's not a death sentence because the things that you and I teach are going to improve fertility and ovarian responsiveness. But let's know, let's understand where we're starting. So cycle day three, LH, FSH, and estradiol. And then cycle day 21, progesterone level. And I think that's where we're looking at, okay, well, how, how much progesterone are we, you know, are we a, um, secreting to support a pregnancy should one occur, you know, and that's a critical um, finding. And certainly the more stressed we are, the lower cycle day 21 progesterone we have. So supporting the adrenals as much as possible are, are critical for that. So that's kind of the core, um, the core you know, test that your GYN will do. Now above that, you need to look at a full thyroid panel. Mm -hmm. You need to look at a red blood cell magnesium. You need to look at, um, well, there's a few, I mean, definitely, I, I do think looking at um, salivary hormones are important, looking at especially cortisol pattern because that's going to affect your, that's going to affect your fertility, but that's kind of like a bonus lab, but right. the full thyroid panel is, is critically important too. And then of course the standard, the four biomarkers, I think everyone should know about themselves, regardless, you know, like it's definitely over age 30, but like on a periodic basis, checking your hemoglobin, A1C, your vitamin D 25 hydroxy, your adrenal status with a DHEAS, we're looking in the blood mm -hmm. and um, inflammatory status, HSCRP, sure. HSCRP. We want to optimize those four hormones and those four lab tests in, in anyone who's, who's thinking about pregnancy and monitor that. So that's a good, those are good baselines to look at. And then for supplementation, you know, oh, can I, we talk on prolactin real quick though? Just because oh, yeah, that's sure. And prolactin. So many have run it. My perspective is that Vitex or Chase Berry or Chase Tree should only be used in light of elevated prolactin. Um, but that, so I'm interested in your perspective and what the main harness you use for that. I mean, obviously we go HPA axis regulation, but I'm interested in that because I think a lot of infertility clinics run it and they have no intervention. <laughs> it's interesting. Like 
Like, what do you do? What do you do about it when the prolactin's high, when you have hyperprolactinemia? I mean, that's, you know, that's something to really, to really discuss and see. First, you've got to figure out why is it high, right? And then oftentimes when we're doing lab tests, I mean, you have to like, there's no nipple stimulation, you know, for two, three days before, no sex two, three days before, because that will affect your prolactin levels too. So looking at serum prolactive levels, you have to make sure that they're not, you know, skewed. So oftentimes we'll do, if there is a borderline high to be really clear about those instructions and retest. So I think that's important important to say. And then just, you know, um, with, as far as interventions with prolactin, it's the, you know, keeping inflammation down. It's the, for me, it's the nutrition and detoxification. So that will help, will help with prolactin levels and and intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Um, What have you found to help? Uh, Vitex being a really powerful player and, and just really honing in on pituitary. I, we will run a little more advanced pituitary. So obviously TSH would be included with the thyroid panel and whatnot. Um, but we start to look at the HPA axis in a deeper way, you know, so what other components are involved, a lot of nervines, a lot of adaptogens. Mm-hmm. Um, we tend to think of that as an HPA axis dysregulation, sympathetic expression is, is what I've seen clinically. Often prolactin will be in light of elevated cortisol and epinephrine. Um, and so we kind of just hit harder, the nervine calming agents. Um, and, and we will do higher myo-inositol and magbisglycinate, which has also been uh, beneficial we've seen. Mm, yeah, that sounds, that sounds perfect. I mean, that sounds great. And again, we, we will see improvement with that, but if that's a reason for infertility, we want to look, and of course, you know, part of a workup for a high prolactin oftentimes includes an MRI. Or pituitary yeah. tumor, right? No doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's hit the, aside from that sidebar, the top three hits on supplements for really <laughs> optimizing fertility. Okay. So what, what I've used in my practice too, because what we found out is like, we call them the mighty maca baby. So my mighty maca plus supplement that's not just maca, organic, adaptogenic, alkalinizing, amazing maca, but also 30 other superfoods. And I started using this when I created it for, well, I used it as part of my healing journey. I created this combination for multiple reasons, but um, I started using it in my practice. And so we had these (laughs) mighty maca babies, which we call them, you know, because it really helped with regulating the menstrual cycle, helping with boosting the adrenal glands and helping support your body's natural anti-inflammatory response. So it's, you know, the, but we know, um, so Mighty Maca Plus contains maca, quercetin, turmeric, resveratrol, grapeseed extract. I mean, some good key adaptogens and alkalinizers, but what we saw in patients doing this and, um, was an increase in cycle day 21 progesterone level and an improvement in DHEA sulfate. So we see this in, in people that take the Mighty Maca Plus supplement. So I always tell clients, if there are two things that you need to go home with, it's the Mighty Maca Plus and an omega-3 fish oil. You know, oh, and we yeah. talk about our, and our, of course, our, you know, Albion, our good multivitamins and minerals with certainly methylated folate. Mm-hmm. Um, our key supplementation, as well as, you know, the magnesium, you mentioned mag glycinate, but adding magnesium, because so many are, are insufficient, but a key additional, like when I have a, a problematic woman in there, uh, you know, that's having difficulty, her and her husband having difficulty getting pregnant, 
I often add carnitine, CoQ10, carnitine. And um, if I need to support luteal phase, we'll be adding progesterone. So carnitine, CoQ10, and progesterone. That's good for the man too, to help with sperm function, mitochondrial function in both male and female. But I found that to be tremendously beneficial. And of course, carnitine throughout pregnancy is, is a great a great supplement to take if you're not getting enough dietary carnitine, but also in problematic clients, I would also do um, a short term of HGH and it's become, you know, what back in, you know, 10, 12 years ago, that wasn't popular, but over the past um, couple years, there's some infertility clinics that are also using HGH with great success. So human growth hormone injections to help with fertility. And I found that especially when there is a high LH and FSH on cycle day two and, um, and difficulty getting ovarian response to fertility medicines. Amazing. And, and so much you can do as a baseline of intervention, whereas a lot of women are, are sent home without those labs and just, you know, keep pushing through, keep trying, or they don't test the partner. And it's like, you're missing you're 50% missing of the equation. Like, come on. <laughs> yes. No. Yeah. You're missing. No. And my journey, you know, my fertility journey was that, you know, at 39, I was diagnosed with ovarian failure, early menopause, and I'd failed the highest doses of injectable, you know, my OB. So I like, you know, just, and I had a great reproender that I'd send a lot of clients to, and I wasn't able to help them. So, you know, went through the highest doses of infertility meds and injections, and I had zero ovarian response. That's the effect of trauma and high cortisol. We have to add in like the most, you know, add in that most important prescription for oxytocin, for, you know, pleasure, for joy, for getting back to our natural you know, behaviors and balance and getting out of that cyclic um, stress. And as a result of the, the journey and that I took around the world and kind of figuring out, you know, experiencing different superfoods, but the, the practices mostly and the spiritual practices that, and, and, and some certainly of the interventions that I, that I implemented, but I reversed that like essentially, you know, death sentence of early menopause infertility. I mean, I was told I would never be able to have another child and that my only option was egg donation. I mean, that was it. That was the, that was the, that was my option. And, and that's where, you know, just really, I've looked, I've continued to look for answers, but as a result of this, this journey and, and, you know, my body healing itself, mind, body, and spirit, the interaction, I, re, you know, reversed that early menopause and naturally conceived Ava Marie when I was 41 years old. So the child I was told I would never be able to have. So I also tell clients this, Allie, if you see yourself pregnant, you will get pregnant, you will right. get pregnant. And I have a client who's um, 46 years old. At, she was 46 years old at this time. She'd gone through seven rounds of, in, uh, sorry, six rounds of in vitro fertilization, six rounds of in vitro fertilization, and failed every single time. High, you know, and and high profile producer from New York City, and back and forth between clinics in Chicago and New York, and failed six rounds of IVF. Right. So I was able to intervene 
between round six and seven, before round seven. And simple things like, like, you know, the whole thing, checking your pH, you know, get keto green, let's get bone broth growing. And honest to God, she sent me a picture one day, she goes, my grandma gave me this, you know, La Crusette pot, you know, years ago, when I moved into this apartment, and I've never cooked in my kitchen until now. And she showed me the picture of bone broth she was making. And, um, and so, you know, so checking that urine pH, getting really keto green, drinking the mighty maca plus, and just, you know, core basic supplementation. And she did acupuncture. So round seven, her last three embryos, right? The last three embryo. And again, as an IVF, you know, in clinic, we take the best of the best first, right? right? right. And so these last three round seven, and you know, she became pregnant with twins and these twin boys are now five years old. Oh my gosh. Wow. Isn't that a great story? A great story. So it's a combination of things. And I think, I mean, cause all, by all statistics, those should have failed too. Right. Yeah. But so, so what, what shifted number one, she never lost hope. And, and in my own mindset, I, I would tell her, I said, no, you know, you know, Ray, I can see you, I can see you pregnant wearing a red dress. So, you know, do not give up, right? Do not give up. So can you know, and then can you see yourself pregnant? Yeah. Okay, then, then let's do this one more time. It's amazing. And, and so important to hear too, that even if we're surrendering to the science of IVF, that there are still so many things that we can do in terms of diet, lifestyle, you know, high dense nutrient supplementation. Um, I want to talk a little bit about premature ovarian failure and just what we can do to support ovarian reserve. And I wanted to ask this listener question about AMH levels and whether those can actually increase, or is that like you're kind of stuck where you're at with AMH? Mm, that's a good question about AMH. I'm not really hundred percent sure. So that, cause I didn't monitor that much in my clinical practice. Um, so not sure, not sure on that. What was the other part of the question? Um, just specifics that we can do to support that ovarian reserve. Oh, so I know yeah. you mentioned the COVID-10 oh, yeah, no. and the carnitine. carnitine. Was yeah. a great one that I heard from you. And I have, we've, we've talked CoQ10 a lot and a lot of IVF centers are now using that. Um, carnitine is really important to call out because, you know, like the benefits of HGH, if a client is fat adapted and doing a quality phytonutrient rich keto diet, they should have increased HGH expression through ketone production. So a lot of, and I think that's where there's a lot of the keto miracle babies too. You know, you get that regulation in the pituitary because ketones cross the blood brain barrier. So you get that LH FSH balance. Um, but you burn through carnitine because carnitine is required <laughs> to produce ketones. So I feel like that's an important, Hmm, kind of Achilles heel for those that may be keto for three, five years now trying to get pregnant to really look into that as a, as a key nutrient. Cause we have seen a nutrient mm -hmm. deficiency panels. A lot of our long-term ketoers mm -hmm, yeah, run low in out. carnitine. So I think that's mm -hmm. a huge aha for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's an, and, and when you talked about ovarian failure, I mean, I hate the word ovarian failure, oh, especially, yes. you know, I mean, that is just, that's wrong. That's not correct. <laughs> like maybe there's a hypofunction, same with adrenal, it's not adrenal suppression. Right. right. <laughs> suppression. Yeah. Hypofunction. Like what's going on. And this is what's like a cool part. I want to just divert to a cool part of my story when I was traveling around the world and I was in Indonesia and uh, 
uh, met this traditional medicine man in on the island of Bali in Ubud. And, you know, he had generations, generations and generations of medicinal uh, healing passed down to him. And so, you know, one, a couple things that were really interesting, but for me, I said, you know, I said, I'm infertile, I'd failed. I mean, I'm a physician, right? I've had the diagnosis, like my periods were gone, non-existent, right? right? And so he's like, I said, well, you know, my ovaries are just, you know, and I saw my own ovaries on ultrasound, menopausal ovaries shriveled up, you know, almonds, right? Instead of the beautiful, beautiful eggs that they should be. And so, um, so I, I said, you know, I told him, he goes, well, what's wrong? Because what? you know, what's wrong with you? And I said, well, you know, I'm infertile. My ovaries aren't, you know, are, are shut down. And he said, and he touched my head, the top of my head, Allie. Okay. And, and man, I, so you guys can touch the top of your head right now with your fingers kind of press in. And I had, I don't right now, which is good. I had a tender point at the top of my head and it was like, Oh my gosh, what's that? Right. This mm -hmm. tender point. And he says, you worry too much. That's your problem. <laughs> You yeah. worry too much. And yeah, I was right, right? Chronic stress, PTSD, fear driven yeah. behavior, what's going to happen next? When's the next shoe going to drop, you know, or fear going outside, am I going to be exposed to someone with, you know, some infectious disease or whatever it may be like that fear, that constant worry, mm -hmm. that shuts down your ovaries more than anything. And that was yeah. eye opening for me. But then he also looked, my daughter was just my daughter, Amanda was just staring. She was nine at the time. She was just staring at him. And she said, um, uh, he goes, well, what do you want to ask me? And, and she said, well, how do you talk to animals? And, um, and he said, you, and he just looked at her and their eyes and they just kind of stared at each other's eyes, uh, for a minute and just like, we're breathing and just looking at each other. And then she nods her head and he goes, yeah, you look at, you look in their eyes and breathe. You look in the eyes and breeze and she completely understood that and so she's such an animal person her horses are just amazing to her so this was you know so just anyway that was just a, a side note on that but how yeah. cool right how cool yeah and so yeah. this concept of ovarian failure ovarian hypofunction or you know it's there's so many things that go into the disruption of a normal ovarian response that's affecting our bodies you know you know our body's ability to produce the the normal hormones, and then for our ovaries to respond in a healthy way. So you definitely want to eliminate toxins, detoxify, 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 clean up the liver, clean up the gut, clean up, you know, the kidneys, I mean, just clean up and that, you know, through every every means that we can prior to conception or prior to fertility treatments, that should be standard of care, it is still not standard of care. And so in alkalinizing the body, but giving your body this, this, this support. And I always emphasize alkalinizing because our, the fetus that's growing within us, you know, is it's in bathed in amniotic fluid, which if you check with a, you know, a pH paper, that's going to be blue. <laughs> that is so alkaline. Amni, the, are we are born into a highly alkaline environment through every orifice in our body, right? It's, we're just bathed in it. And that's really, I mean, that's really healthy. And so we want to emphasize that. 
And then the other thing that looking at, especially again, ovarian failure, because it's so tied into our HPA axis is heart rate variability. Mm -hmm. As an obstetrician, we listen to the baby's heart rate. You know, when you come into the office and we're listening, not just that that it's beating, we are listening for that variability. And when we put you on the monitor during labor, we are watching that heart rate variability. And we know when we lose that variability, we need to get that baby out right away right? There's a sick baby in there. And then baby's born and we stop looking at heart rate variability. (laughs) But it's so important. It's important more now than ever, because you really, that's that checks and balance, that bio feedback, that, that ability to say, well, how am I, how am I really handling stress? Apparently, you know, we we're so oftentimes, especially now I'm 55 this year, but you know, as we've accomplished so much in our lives and we're so good at powering through working through the, we don't even realize how much stress we're under until sometimes you get a diagnosis like infertility, like, you know, early menopause, like cancer, like autoimmune disease, And if we can start checking and monitoring increasing heart rate variability in our youth, I mean, we will eliminate a lot of these pathologic diseases that we're facing and pandemic proportions in the country. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Last question on trying to conceive. Oh Uh, yeah. Wait, well, one more thing. (laughs) The carnitine. Okay. So (laughs) back to carnitine. So there are different forms of carnitine I like, but I do like a a liquid L-carnitine and for someone trying to get pregnant and for men for sperm factor also, um, as much as five grams a day in divided doses and don't start right away with that because you'll get diarrhea, Mm -hmm. but like you, and you can also get it like some, for some people they'll, you know, have trouble metabolizing carnitine and they end up with a fishy odor. Have you seen that Allie? It's like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We can't, mm-hmm. can't use that for you. But, um, <laughs> but like at least, at least 2.5 grams per day. And again, there's so much carnitine, you know, different forms of carnitine out there that you really want a high quality one. So I use a liquid L carnitine. Awesome. Yeah. Our boost and burn has two grams per yep. teaspoon. So yep. that's a really good starting point to kind of get. Oh yeah. Perfect. There. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Uh, last one on fertility, trying to conceive what natural lubes are safe. I've read even coconut oil and just plain old saliva can decrease my chances thoughts on the pre-seed product. Also how much sex is too much better to do every day or every other day window. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. they're overstressing it. <laughs> they are over worrying about it for sure. And, and but typically, yes. typically we tell clients, especially if we're doing an, uh, you know, if I was doing an insemination, I want, I want them to wait, you know, of course, for semen factor, we want to wait, you know, two days beforehand to, to, um, before we use their sample so that they shouldn't have sex in two days or ejaculate in two days. So in general, I tell clients, you know, you can do every, every other day, you know, cause the, even every feel what's natural without putting pressure on yourself, on yourself, looking at the window of when you're ovulating. And if we have a three days, like 72 hours, that's typically 48 to 72, you're pushing it at 72 hours, but you know, 48, 48 hours every other day is, is great. And if the mood strikes you and you want it every day, awesome. But if it's forced and you're stressed, that's not helpful. Now the vagina is naturally designed to ward off, like to kill sperm, right? <laughs> I mean, it's like foreign invaders, right? The vagina is it's naturally first line of defense to protect your body, your womb 
from bacteria and infection. So that's why a normal vaginal pH is acidic. So again, take those same urine test strips and check your vaginal pH. It should not change color. It should be, the vaginal pH should be like four, three, you know, I mean, that's a healthy acidic vaginal pH. So, um, and if it's not, then we have to improve the health of your gut because the vagina is an extension of that. And and if you are getting, you know, yeast infections or bacterial infections, that has to be cle- cleaned up with, you know, supporting, again, supporting, you know, a healthy, a healthy vaginal pH and, um, and using vaginal probiotics even. So that can all be very beneficial to helping, helping someone conceive just by shifting the pH, the vaginal, you know, supporting the vaginal pH and normal gut bacteria, the normal vaginal bacteria with um, a vaginal probiotic, that's an option to do. And then um, looking at types of lubes. And I think this is, you know, there's so, so much information on this, like, should you use coconut oil? What are you using internally versus externally? And I think just getting your, your vaginal getting the vagina healthy. So it's naturally lubricating. And that's where we've used a lot and a lot of clients and a lot of beautiful testimonials on this with Jolva, my cream for the vulva. So yeah, you can apply it externally clitoris. I would say on the most important real estate of your body, clitoris to anus, right? Clitoris has 9,000 nerve endings and you want to keep that healthy and responsive because most women experience clitoral orgasms over, you know, vaginal or, you know, having, um, intercourse or orgasm during intercourse. So we want to keep the clitoris really healthy because that as we age, we will get wrinkles around our eyes, our mouth, then we want them to be small lines, you know, but we're the wrinkles that we experience down in the pelvic floor are problematic, causing incontinence, hemorrhoids, fissures, vaginal dryness, discomfort with sex. And if you have pain every time you do something, why would you want to? A lot of fertility patients run into this where they they have intercourse and they're, you know, have discomfort, discharge, urinary tract infection after it, you know, afterwards. And that's negative feedback on on top of already a very stressful intention of having intercourse, right, to conceive. So keeping getting the vagina healthy, and we've seen improvements in vaginal pH and improvements in natural cellularity in the vagina. I mean, so often doctors will tell their patients, what are you using? Because your vagina is 20, I can say them to 50, (laughs) 60 year olds, right? And that's a that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And so that means and the natural secretions of your own body fluids is really important. And I think that, you know, I haven't used, you know, pre-seed, but just even using coconut oil externally and doing that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And um, I think that's really an important consideration. The biggest thing is that you're having fun and not discomfort. So use what you need to. And let's talk a little bit more about Jelva, the featured ingredients in there, because I know that, I think that I'm not sure if you still have samples, but last episode we did, which was like two years ago, it was a hundred episodes ago. Isn't that crazy? Um, (laughs) So it has to have been one, one episode a week. Yes. Uh, About two years ago. uh, I think you had samples available when people place an order on your site or something. And a lot of our clients are still using Jelva and and with phenomenal outcomes. And I keep mine in my nightstand. Um, So let's talk about some of the featured ingredients in it and why it's a unique topical product. Yeah, we definitely offer your audience. So we'll give you a link for the free Jovel child for seven nights of Jova. So it's this great little 
Great little packet, but let me just tell everyone, you'll love it just buy the tube, you know, just buy the full tube, buy three of them because you'll have it, you'll use it. I keep one at my bedside and I keep one in the bathroom because you put it on toilet paper and just wipe with it too. Okay. It is great that way. And that way, never forget, never forget using it. And so, um, and that's kind of a, a good way to do it. Key ingredients in Jolva and from my years in working in gynecology and working with patients and using bioidentical hormones and compounding and prepping you know, really wanting, you know, supporting vaginal health and sexual health. So I combined a few ingredients. The one is DHEA. DHEA, you know, our adrenal hormone, you talk about this a lot, but it's also a, it's also a precursor hormone to estrogen and testosterone on the, and using it topically, it converts at the intrinsic level at the cellular level. We don't see any significant shifts. So I have docs out of MD Anderson or Sloan Kettering, giving their oncology patients, their breast cancer patients and cancer patients, Jolva recommending it to these patients, because we know there's also additional good research with DHEA specifically, but androgens in general, including testosterone, that there's a protective effect mm-hmm. when we use these and when we have healthy levels in our serum. So, so DHEA is great. Sadly, most women, especially perimenopause, or if they're having dryness, they're only getting estrogen. Estrogen works only on the mucosal layer, the first layer. And, you know, certainly that will help with moisture, but DHEA works on all three layers. So you get the natural rugation, the softness, the flexibility back and the, and that's beautiful and very, very safe. And I added in looking at stem cell technology, I added in plant stem cells and the stem cells I chose are from the Alpine rose which is this beautiful rose that grows in the Swiss Alps amidst the harsh conditions of rock and ice and, you know, this harsh terrain. And I will say, if that doesn't exemplify, you know, femininity, nothing else does, (laughs) right? Right. And so, and the plant stem cells, alpine rose plant stem cells have certainly been used in the cosmetic industry, but for, you know, improving collagen production, for antiviral, you know, has antiviral effects. And again, you know, so, so beautiful and has been, I think, just a key ingredient and then combined it with coconut, you know, coconut butter, coconut oil, shea butter and, and emu oil. So the penetration of the ingredients. It's, and it feels so good going on. It's just really, really good. I designed it. So it smells good, tastes good. It's fine for the guy, you know, absolutely guy can use it as well. And I do have men using it. And, um, and I was thinking of a client who's just so funny. He said, Oh yeah, no, my, I'll go without beer. So my wife has her Jolva. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's a good husband. <laughs> it's a good husband. I will go without beers oh, and she has her Jolva. Yep. Um, I love it. So we'll, we'll go ahead and link that seven day um, free trial in the show notes for today, just on this topic of, I guess, things to put on or in your vagina. Um, <laughs> we often just going back to the, the pH conversation and, and vaginal microbiome, we'll often recommend our women's flora, which has the, um, lactobacillus rhamnosus and lactobacillus ruteri for UTI and yeast infection, pre- uh, prevention. Um, and I used those actually vaginally before we even private labeled and put it into our line, um, during pregnancy prior to group B strep testing. I also used garlic, cloves, right. um, yep. vaginally, mm-hmm. um, as an insertion, which, you know, 
something did the trick because I did not have group B at the time of testing. And, and, and when I was 37 yeah. plus weeks, I was inserting GLA yeah, to thin yeah, my yeah. cervix for Stella. Yep, <laughs> so yep. Becky and I always joke, we're like, we should do an entire episode called things we've stuck up our vagina. <laughs> oh my God. I, I will, I will do that with you and things I've taken out of people, vagina, people's oh God, that, that too. Um, Person, that they, uh, there's a lot of stories. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. More exciting. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what about other considerations of things to insert in your vagina? Therapeutic. therapeutic effects. Not so just, like, not just fun. That's yeah, a whole different topic. Um, but like the Foria CBD, um, suppositories, we really like those as well. Um, anything else, and, anything we're missing and thoughts on Yoni steaming, <laughs> yeah. like where's the line and what, yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Yoni steaming, I think that's so super fun. Like if you're going to have a facial, do it, have a facial for the most important real estate of your body, the vaginal area. I mean, if it feels relaxing, it feels good. It feels calming. I think there's some, there's good benefits to that. I mean, I think that's absolutely fine. If you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, like don't put yourself through it. And so that's, that's number one. And then things just, again, keeping this, the skin healthy. And um, I actually want to address like one of the things, cause I talked about the clitoris has 9,000 nerve endings and it's so important because as we age that tissue thins and we don't want that to happen. So using hormones and whether you're using my Jolva or if you have bioidentical progesterone can use that and just keep that tissue healthy, but also light touch. And there's so much, so many clients I've helped with sexual health that have had vibrator trauma. And so they, you know, deadens the nerve endings and it decreases their responsiveness. So taking a vibrator holiday, can be very, very beneficial as well. And then not underestimating the benefit of light touch, like clitoral stimulation, slow sex, right? Like clitoral stimulation, slow sex to really slow things down instead of, you know, I just got to get this done, especially when it comes to fertility. But, um, and oftentimes I would prescribe clients just that slow clitoral stimulation for, you know, a period of maybe two weeks, maybe once, once a day for two weeks, before, you know, before they ovulate and just to really just, again, the lightest, softest touch to reawakening, uh, the, the, the nerve endings and the, the pelvic floor, which is so important, right? It's the S two, three and four sacral nerves. And that's going to stimulate the uterus It's going to support the ovaries going to, again, decrease, increase oxytocin, decrease cortisol, and the lightest touch improves that responsiveness, reawakens it. But sometimes women will experience this kind of shard glass um, sensation from vibrator trauma. It's like you're like if you slept on your arm and it has pins and needles in and it's reawakening and women will actually experience that sensation. And so that's fine. Bear, you know, bear with it. It's going you can use like a the Jolva on, on the clitoris, certainly a CBD. Uh, combination on the on the clitoris as well and the as well as the vagina I think those are good options and just to let those those nerve endings reawaken and so that you have more more sensitivity more pleasure and um, you know better function and responsiveness and that will make a difference because orgasm improves fertility so when we or when we climax the uterus contracts actually sucks sperm you know the semen into into the uterus up through the fallopian tubes. So having a, having a climax during intercourse for fertility is probably underestimated in its benefits. Sure. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, 
uh, for birth control, what are your best recommendations? So we've done, you know, a lot of episodes covering birth, birth control, post birth control syndrome and using basal temperature monitoring for natural mm. family planning, but what is your best birth control pros and cons? And what would be the one, you know, that you'd recommend, I guess for your daughters, let's say, or, you know, in, in that world of like an actual less is more as far as cost to benefit. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the non-hormonal IUD, the copper T IUD. I used it myself in between my children. And I like it because it's, you know, the the most effective reversible birth control method that we have, the most effective. And it again, non-hormonal. So so very safe. And um and you know it, it just, it just works. And so I like that. I like that very much. Secondly, if we need to use, um, a longer hormonal birth control, the, the Skylar IUD, the lower dose, like Mirena was out all we had initially, and then we have the lower dose, um, IUDs that are beneficial to help. So that's another option for women. I really tried now. I mean, if we need to do oral birth controls and also sometimes if I'm going to do an ovarian stimulation on a client, I may put them on birth control for a couple months just to calm down the ovaries, get a baseline, detox the body, do all, all kinds of stuff. And then if I'm going to stimulate with like Femara or Clomid, or, you know, depending on where they are, you know, their age and, and their LH and FSH depends on what I would use. But I would really, you know, take that time to kind of just calm things down a little bit. But if I have to, I prefer to use, um, I prefer, you know, for long term birth control, for short, short term, I think, you know, definitely knowing your body, temperature, cervical mucus, etc. And I think that's great, because you're not disrupting your own body's natural hormone production. But with that said, at ovulation, we become hornier. And right. if that's an issue, right. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Cost of benefits. True. Yeah, that's a challenge. So so, you know, I think that um, there are safer lower dose birth control pills out now than they were 20 years ago. But when if we are going to an oral birth control pill or like a NuvaRing, if they wish they would lower the dose of the NuvaRing, it is mm-hmm. often the side effects don't, aren't necessary that too high of a, a dosage, but anyway. And what are your thoughts on uh, the new kind of kid on the block, Fexi, which is like that spermicide insert? We were talking about that on a podcast. There was just like a Q and a wrap up we did. And we were like, well, at least that's like an acute the thing is, I think you have to insert it three hours prior to intercourse. It essentially just adjusts the pH to kill off sperm and seems like it could be more acute versus chronic. So your hormones, but the big risk would be like UTI, BV, yeast infection, because your whole vaginal flora could be pretty rocked by it. Um, yeah. And then after the fact, right. It's disturbing yeah. it after the fact. And yeah, then let's not forget, you know, if we're using birth control for pregnancy, there's a lot more that we get than pregnancy. So condoms, that's right. And this right. is an area with the microbiome, right? And we talk about, we're worried about RNA, DNA. I mean, that's what's passed into a woman with sperm. And right. so I, you know, one of the things that I, I tell my, tell my kids and I've told my clients, like be really, you know, who do you want to swap your microbiome with? I mean, from yeah. kissing, we did, we, we can pass 20 billion bacteria from kissing. 
So hmm, what are we doing with, we know we can pass viruses in, in semen and sexually and, you know, parasites and bacteria, et cetera, right? So I think that's important to protect. I think one thing I haven't done much research in, but the, um, the um, and I don't know if you have, if you guys have, but the um, Yoni detox balls, to insert vaginally and remove it. It's an herbal, um, an herbal blend um, that I've, I've just kind of just, I've seen that. I'm like, huh, how interesting. I need to, I need to look more into that, you know, just a natural cleansing. But if we do anything like douching that disrupts the natural flora, I mean, we're going to pay for that in the long run. Yeah. So again, keeping it healthy, keeping our natural and, and certainly the, the vaginal films or, um, cervical cups that can be used also are good, but it goes like, in my opinion, it really needs to go both ways, but that's a real, that's a challenge. It's a challenge in society. Right. So really love who you're swapping microbiome with. That's all I have to say. I love that. Great advice for (laughs) all ages. Um, let's maybe talk a little bit about menopause because we don't want to neglect that topic today because you're such an expert. Um, what's overlooked in conventional medicine with menopause and, and maybe what are some of the underlying issues that could make symptoms like hot flashes worse or, or more severe? Well, let me tell you then the, one of the most problematic symptoms of, of perimenopause and menopause are hot flashes Mm -hmm. and well, there's the weight gain, there's moodiness, crankiness, you know, all that good stuff, but hot flashes can be really debilitating, embarrassing, and especially women in the workplace. But what, um, I recognized through doing my keto green plan with women and their hot flashes would go away and like. 80, 90% in, in 10 days. Right. And I'd be like, I had to understand why, why is that happening? Cause you know, it's, we think hot flashes, estrogen hormones, right. That was how I was trained, but it's insulin resistance. So in going keto green, you become more insulin sensitive. And so insulin resistance is one of the reasons so many women have unrelenting hot flashes. So you increase that insulin sensitivity and lo and behold, they're gone. And that's something that's not, well, you know, we don't talk about that enough, but I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. And then on the same time, right. That's the same woman that's told you're going to have to just starve yourself to lose weight. Your, your metabolism's shot. You're done. (laughs) Intermittent fasting, no more snacking at all. Oh no. And then they're telling them I read in like, it was a popular magazine. I don't remember if it was like, I don't know, like people or something. And, and it was like the best way to eat in menopause. And I was like, so excited. I'm like, okay, certainly we'll talk keto green. It was like three meals, three snacks. I'm like, that is the worst. What are you even saying? Like we should know, no one, two meals a day, no two or three, no snacking. Yes. You know, like that's just, and, and you know, no carbs. I mean, that's really, that's a difference that, um, that we have to make in order to balance our hormones, because if we can't control cortisol, insulin, oxytocin, if those are haywire, all our reproductive hormones are haywire. And so that's why we have to master that. And then again, too, in the perimenopause, women who have had hysterectomies are still told you don't need progesterone. Well, we need progesterone, which is a neuro hormone, right? A neuropeptide. We need it for our brain. 
we need it for our bones, we need it for healthy breasts, bioidentical progesterone. So, you know, and that's why it created too my balance cream, which has progesterone and pregnenolone, because so many women can't get, you know, from their providers and a nice transdermal clean without all the, the um, hormone disruptors, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that was accessible to clients who want to take control of their health, which I think we all should take that power back. So progesterone is a really big benefit from, you know, certainly perimenopause, menopause to the, (laughs) till we die. It's one of those that important to me. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I have clients ask all the time, like, how long do I have to take these creams? I'm like, well, probably forever. (laughs) Um, or as long as you want to have balanced hormones. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Good mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk maybe just a little bit more updates in the keto space and women's hormones before we let you go, any updates (laughs) or considerations or things you're adjusting or seeing more of in the, the keto space, like more or less fasting, more or less carb liberation, more or less protein focus or, or anything or that you've changed. Yeah. You're yeah. evolving in your yeah. perspective, I guess, over the last three, five years of using that type of approach. Well, and, and it's, it's really important with, you know, as you know, with being an author, you get a lot of feedback from a lot of, a lot right. of different ways. So with my first book, the hormone fix 10 day keto green detox and 21 day maintenance plan, right. And, and great, lots of nourishing recipes, et cetera. And then it was think then my second now really focusing on the on the nutrition aspect, the keto green uh, 16. So really emphasizing longer intermittent fasting. They've all been without snacks. Like we, we just don't snack, don't snack, don't snack. Your children don't need to snack. We just yeah. don't snack. So, so 16 hour intermittent fasting. So hence that's the 16, but also 16 key foods that we want to include, including fermented vegetables, you know, including, you know, the, the different healthy fats, but also making it easy and simple for people. So that evolved. And my next book coming out, it's called menu pause. <laughs> Oh, love it. Actually, love yeah. It. I didn't I, catch up I, on I, that. I, I thought it was just called menopause. <laughs> no, menu pause, menu pause. And so um, it's, it's um, five, six day plans that are each different that will break the plateaus. Cause even doing like, if we do the same thing all the time. We have season, we have seasons for a reason. We have to change things up. We have to have celebrations. We have to have feasting times. We have to figure out what our food sensitive and sensitivities are. And sometimes we just need to, you know, a reset. So these are essentially plateau busting resets and, and one's very, very low carb, very, uh, you know, restrictive, um, more carnivore. And another one is more autoimmune. Another one is more vegan. Another one's more like feasting. So sometimes we have to figure out, okay, what is it that I need? And, um, and kind of go through the process. What I found, and this was really interesting. I had this great podcast and, oh my gosh, you guys should talk to her. She's called the carnivore Yogi. Okay. And she, um, has a huge following. And so she found that some women doing carnivore were gaining weight, gaining weight and, and struggling or, or, you know, having resist, you know, whatever, you know, plateaus. And so she on her, on 
her um, newsfeed, a woman said, look, you know, I've been following carnivore, but I just did. And I was gaining weight and I was struggling and not feeling good. And I did Dr. Anna's keto green 16. And I've, you know, been doing it for a couple months now and I've lost 50 pounds. And she did my keto green 16 and, and immediately lost 16 pounds. And so it was really great to see that. But the, you know, I think the issue is that sometimes we get so dogmatic. We get it yeah. in such a rush. We just need that flexibility. Let me just change this up for the season, you know, or you know, sometimes it's about okay, realigning. Are we testing or are we guessing? You know, we know so many people, especially women. I mean, men have 10 times as much testosterone than women. Testosterone converts to estrogen that will protect their brains. Women, you know, and that whole concept of, you know, estrogen in the brain is needed for gluconeogenesis. So women have, you know, when we experience that brain fog and we're, you know, we're eating carbs, we're experiencing that brain fog. When we switch to a keto green diet, we get that clarity because the use of ketones as fuel for the brain is not estrogen dependent. I want everyone to hear that. It's important for women especially, and it's important for men too. But the fuel that we're providing our entire nervous system is critically important. And that will give us clarity and grounded and sanity. And that is, that's just so important. And it's a physiologic issue. It's not a decision. It's a physiologic issue. So switching to keto, like to a keto green lifestyle, in my opinion, is not just a good idea. It's mandatory in the perimenopause and beyond. And, um, and in a healthy way, but changing things up, like what's what's causing that you know, what's the, what's the block now? Why, you know, why the weight gain now? What, you know, what's under the surface or what's the food sensitivity or, you know, what do I need to shift? And sometimes it's just a temporary shift to break that plateau. So I, I like that, you know, we can experiment and we have so many good options and my God, with your work, so many amazing options and information and recipes and, and the supplementation support. I mean, we, I mean, I'm a big believer, as you know, in supplementation and, um, and for the, for, and bioidentical hormones for the rest of our lives. Like, these are things we should be adding in the, you know, the menopause discussions and with or without a uterus. Yes. Oh, no doubt. And that always comes back to a conversation we find ourselves having of this Two, one of my favorite mantras is doctrine creates disconnect, right? So if you're just in this doctrine, this is my protocol or this is my plan and not listening to the whisper of your body, you're going to be white knuckling against your body signals and driving dysfunction over time. Um, and the second of that, that freedom of feeling amazing takes a focused food plan. You know, this idea of like, restriction or, or, or this, you know, short game, long game perspective. And I think that you do a really good job, uh, providing that full scope ahead of what all women want to feel, which is empowered, grounded, and, and essentially free, right. That cognitive clarity, sexually active and healthy and vivacious. And that's what we're all wanting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's, through it's, menopause it's, into the second spring of your life. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So, uh, two last questions for you. Um, and okay. Just going to throw this one out there as an OBGYN, what are your considerations, um, contraindications or process of cost of benefit with the experimental injection? What some refer to as the COVID vaccine. Oh, that shot. 
Yes, that's I think I, you know, I'm still waiting for reproductive studies and I've searched the literature and looked to see what reproductive studies were done on animals. Like certainly there should have been some, I just don't see it. And I'm an OBGYN and I've taken care of DES babies, you know, and thalidomide babies, FDA approved drugs and, and pregnant women that cause tremendous birth defect and, and cancer. Right. So I am very, very cautious when it comes to, when it comes to doing anything pre-pregnancy and pregnant pregnancy. And at this point I'm waiting for continued for some evidence-based research that shows me reproductive studies on reproduct, you know, reproduction as well as autoimmunity. And until I see those studies, I'm reserving comment. I think that's a, a great answer. And, um, we're, we're all waiting. We're kind of in the experiment right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it's a uh, challenge because, you know, they're pushing, you know, uh, this shot in 12 year olds. Right. Yeah, and so, but there's no, I got, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand the science behind that recommendation. Mm-hmm. Or the science behind reducing the cycle threshold of testing of those that have been versus haven't, or all the many other things that are being called the science. I think when we start saying the mantra, trust the science, is when we have to start raising our eyebrows at what science means. But we won't go to that. That's a separate episode. Uh, Lastly, I just want you to share with our (laughs) listeners a 24 hour recall what you ate yesterday from when you woke up to when you went to bed. And then we will let you share our listeners how they can connect with you and what's coming down the pipeline. But just what you ate yesterday. Oh my gosh. I had such a long fasting day. Cause I did a nine 30 hot, um, yoga class yesterday and I got busy. I was doing, I, I did honest to God, terrible. I drank my water, um, got busy and I broke fast at 4 PM at this great new little restaurant restoration hardware that opened up and I had salmon and burgers, you know, surf and turf salmon and grass fed burger. And, um, roasted artichoke with aioli and a side of a beautiful lush green salad with red radishes. And, um, and I think, yeah. And then some fried zucchini chips. Okay. That That was, that was, that was it. Yeah. Um, And during your fasted time, did you drink tea or coffee or just water? What's been your kind of Bev distraction or thing there? I drink Mighty Maca Plus, especially after my workout to detox more and, um, and water tea, probably had a cup of coffee yesterday. I'm trying to think, nope, actually didn't have coffee yesterday. Um, but I would have probably, um, I'm fine with tea. <laughs> I have to restock my, my kitchen, coffee <laughs> and tea, yeah. but I would, but definitely I'm big on water and especially mineral water. I'm a big Texas fan of Topo Chico. <laughs> yeah. And then ranch water. There was probably some ranch water in my diet yesterday. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's the weekend. (laughs) All right. Um, let's just have you share with our listeners, um, what you have coming down the pipeline, where they can find your new book and everything that we've talked about. Yeah. So I'm excited that, you know, everyone, I would love to connect with you on my Instagram channel at the girlfriend doctor, and please visit my website at dranna.com. really created uh, solutions programs, tons of free content out there for you. Um, so just so much good stuff. And I have a section in my girlfriend doctor show, my podcast that Allie has been on, um, a couple of times that, um, it's the girlfriend doctor show podcast. And there's a place where you can ask or tell me anything. There's no 
such thing as TMI. So be sure to like, you know, put in comments there, question if anything's come up, if you're feeling a dying answer to you. I mean, I typically will address these in, in Instagram and in social media and my Keto Green community on Facebook. And I'm just now being forced to venture into TikTok. So catch me. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. We've done our first couple reels. Yeah. And it's a world of adventure. <laughs> oh, good. I'm going to follow you. Yeah. I, I bet your daughters could help us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my God. She, yeah. She's like so excited about it. I'm like, okay. Oh my and then menu pause comes out spring of 2020. 2022, right? This upcoming yes. Awesome. Yes. Menu pause comes back, please, you know, definitely get on my email list to check that out. I'm so excited. It's really a beautiful book. It's really, you know, a, it's really a, a table piece too, because we've got all these amazing color photos, you know, how reluctant publishers are to put those in, especially nowadays. So amazing color photos. And then just the, the five, six day different plans to, to just change things up, shake things up a little bit, improve your metabolism. It's really, it's, I'm so excited about it. Love it so much. And then I was talking to Anna before we started recording that I'm going to try to get up to Dallas and hook up some kind of little event. Maybe we'll try to do it before the end of 2021. So we'll let you all, we'll keep you all on top of everything and you can follow along both of our socials and we'll let you know if we can make some magic happen. But this has been so much fun. Um, Dr. Quebecca, thank you so much for coming on the Naturally Nourished podcast again and sharing your magnificent mind with our audience. I love every minute. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.